Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous Podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Conlon. I hope everyone enjoyed the two episodes last week, and hopefully, if you were interested, you had a chance to check out the Virtual Rock of Ages reunion concert. I just love that music, and who doesn't love 80s music anyway? So, anyway, this week, if you are a horror movie fan, I have a special treat for you. And even if you're not, you're going to love my guest. He is director, writer, Darren Bowsman of the Saw franchise. More importantly, the upcoming latest installment called Spiral that's going to be out in theaters only on May 14th. Now, Spiral has a sick cast. It's Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, and of course, directed by Darren Bowsman. And Darren, you know, Darren first came on board to direct Saw 2, and he helped write a few of the other Saws, and you know, the rest is history. So I, I did have a chance to see Spiral before I interviewed Darren, but... There is a social media slash review embargo until May 12th, a few days before the movie comes out. So I can't really say much about the movie, um, but I am going to say that you will be scared shitless and you potentially will dry heave a lot, um, kind of like I did. And, um, you know, if you like scary movies, you won't be disappointed. I will say I... I would go see it in theaters. I really think seeing scary movies in theaters is so amazing. But anyway, I was really impressed with Darren. Uh, he was super fun to talk to. And I don't know if, if you know, I just had this thing where I think directors generally are not as fun to talk to as actors just because they're not, you know, they're not necessarily in the spotlight. That's not what they really want to do. But Darren was so cool and he was so fabulous and and we just had such a great talk and he seemed to just really um he we just we the conversation was flowing so um i think you're really going to enjoy him so here is my conversation with darren bowsman nice to meet you i mean you uh, you are very creative i don't even know what else to say right now i watched spiral last night i I love all the Saw movies. I'm a big horror movie fan. So this one was insane. It was literally insane. And it was such a sick cast. I was like, I was so impressed with all of it. I mean, I know that you guys were, you were set to release it, what, last year? And you held yeah. off because of the pandemic. So tell me more yeah. about, about this, the inception of this. Um, so I had actually kind of, I don't say stopped making movies, but I was, I was transitioning into doing theater. Um, I was actually in New York about to sign a contract to direct my first Broadway show. And uh, wow. the, day, the day that I got the contract for the show, which was like a huge thing for me, my phone rings and it's one of the producers, Mark Berg, and says, where are you? And I said, I'm in New York. And he said, no, I need you in LA. And I said, and I, by the way, I've made like four movies with him. And yeah. I said, Mark, I'm, I'm going to do a Broadway show. And there was a long pause. And he says, no, I need you back in LA. Check your email. I have a script for you to read. You're meeting Chris Rock tomorrow. And I was just silent. And I didn't know it was Saul at that point. I had no idea. Yeah. 
And uh, the script was called Organ Donor. So I, I was like page 15 or 20. And I was like, holy shit, this is a Saw movie. And I'm on, so I, I buy the ticket. I'm on, a, I'm on the flight back. And uh, it was insane. Like I was loud on the plane being like, are you, are you kidding me? Like I was, yeah. just, I was, I couldn't believe it. Wait, so, so funny. You didn't know that it was a Saw no. movie until you read like no, half and, of the- and, and, Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so I get off the plane. I, I go home. I shower. The next morning I meet uh, at a breakfast spot and then enrolls Chris Rock. And it's crazy because I grew up like listening to his comedy albums. Uh, And, you know, he's, he's a legend. It's it's Chris Rock. I know. So so, uh, we sit down and we have breakfast and immediately we just hit it off. We vibe just right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I didn't have the job. And it was kind of like an interview. He was interviewing me to make sure that I was, that I was uh, the guy. And so I pull out of the diner about 10 minutes later, my phone rings and they said, uh, Chris wants you to do the movie. And I was like, that's, it's, it's insane. Um, and then like the next week I find out that we have Samuel L. Jackson. And I was like, what is my life right now to, to come back to Saul with these two like powerhouses? So yeah. I mean, it was why crazy. would you not be the guy though? That's my question. Like you, you are the guy for Saw. That's, that well, seems to me like really redundant. Well, I think that it was such a big uh, pivot from what they'd done. They were on their ninth, this was the ninth time they've come around on Saw. And I think that when you're going to reboot the franchise, it makes a lot of sense to reboot it, bring in completely new people, new teams, new whatever. Um, However, I think why Saw has continued to work while so many other horror movies fail is the consistency. They are the same people. It's the same camera ops, the same prop people, the same costume people. And so there is a consistency to them. Right. So, um, you know, it was it was insane and it was amazing. And, uh, you know, what I was most surprised and shocked by was Chris is a fan of horror. Like he yeah. it's not one of those poser things that he says he's a fan of horror, but isn't. No, he, he is. And yeah. um, he would reference obscure scenes from horror movies and, you know, and, and even obscure scenes of movies I directed. So we'd be on set and be like, you know that scene in Saw 3 when this happens and this, can we do it like that? And I was like, holy crap, like he knows. Like he, oh, he, I'm he, very he impressed with that. Yeah. That's very impressive. You know, yeah. it's funny because I also grew up watching Chris Rock. I love his comedy. I, I love him as a comedian and you rarely get to see him in roles like this where he is a little serious and, and he is a little uh, curmudgeon-y, I guess is the word. I don't know, but yeah. he he was uh, he was extremely entertaining. And, and you know what else I, I will say for such a sick twisted gory movie it's almost like chris rock gives you a comforting feeling if that makes sense you know yeah. what i mean like it's chris rock so i'm a little bit comforted. you know what i mean I, i've got some comfort yeah. in knowing that it might be okay well you what i loved about chris was the kind of um new tone he brought to it while it's very much mm. a horror movie and it's very much a thriller um he interjected moments of levity and comedy like the opening forrest gump yeah. monologue scene like he he was like, hey, I want to I want to do a, I want to do this bit about Forrest Gump here, and I was like, what? And then he comes in the next day with this idea, and I was like, this is brilliant. Like this brilliant. is this is amazing. Well, um, can I ask you? Did Samuel yeah. L. Jackson add the line? There was a really funny line, and for people listening, it doesn't give anything away, yeah. but 
I, I was cracking up. It, he was like, Dad, you never even have a meal with me. And Samuel L. Jackson's oh, like, yeah, you yeah. want to get a fucking slice? You want to get yeah, a I know. <laughs> I know. literally dying. I was like, did he, is that a, like no, ad-lib? Or? No, no, that was actually, that was actually in the script. And it's so weird because when we first wrote it, we didn't know Samuel L. Jackson was going to be in it. Okay. Um, so we did a Samuel L. Jackson pass. So we're like, what, what would Samuel say in this scene? And so it's funny because there's a bunch of people around a table saying things out loud. And we're like, no, that doesn't sound like, that sounds like him. That um, is so great. So I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can swear and you can beat me out if I can't. But, no, you uh, can. Okay. Yeah. So one of the coolest things was his very first line in the, when we had him and it didn't make the cut of the movie, but it's in the trailer. Oh no, it isn't the movie. He goes, you want to play games, motherfucker? And, and everyone like, that was his very first take. And he looks at camera and goes, you got your motherfucker. I'm done. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, and again, I grew up, um, Sam, Samuel Jackson had such an impact on his movies. Like I remember uh, yeah. when Pulp Fiction first came out, I, I would skip school. I would literally sneak out of school and I would go see it again and again and again and again. And um, now here yeah. I am getting a chance to direct this guy, which is just insane wait why did that not make the cut that sounds epic like absolutely yeah. epic yeah there was a you know we we had a couple of alternative takes that we were mm. deciding if we were going to do so maybe at some point there will be a 52 disc director's cut edition of all that stuff and in fact a fun that will be great that will I don't be know so I, great i don't know if i can say this I, i'm gonna say it and i might get in trouble but there's even a kill that didn't make the movie that that we shot that just didn't make the film Wow, and a, pretty, a, pretty, a pretty graphic one at that too. So there, there is a lot of stuff. If there's, am ever I allowed a... to guess who it was? Or yeah, yeah you I, I was gonna, say, I was literally gonna say I thought it was gonna be the, um, the dickhead cop. I forget his name. It was definitely gonna be a cop, right? Or no? Uh, it was, it was a cop. But I, okay. I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave a little mystery of who it was. Okay. Um, but okay. there was, there was a, there was a few scenes that just in the pacing of the movie didn't, didn't really work that we cut out. Uh, right. so at some point, maybe they'll let me release the kill. So do you, do you think, because I don't know if it's just because it's fresh in my head. I thought these kills were extremely gory and in, I guess, compared to the other films, the other saw films, these were like at a 10 where maybe the other ones were at an eight. Do you agree with that? Or is it just because well, it's fresh you know in my head? You know, what's, you know, what's crazy. Um, I've changed a lot since I, when I was in my twenties, when I made the saw films, I'm in my forties now, which is just crazy to wow. say that a, de a decade has passed since yeah. I did that. But I had more issues with the MPAA on this one than I did on any of the others. We got an NC 17, I think for the maximum amount of times that you can get before they make you wait six months to resubmit. And so um, they, wow. they had a really big problem with the finger trap scene. That scene was triple the length of what it is in the cut. Um, and they made us cut it all out basically. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm literally sick. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't watch that. Like yeah. I, I literally couldn't. I was, um, well, my, it's funny because I was in my bedroom and I was obviously screaming and gagging. And my husband's like, dude, can you shut up? Like, what are you watching? I was like, nothing. <laughs> I'm uh, like, just I, stay out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, um, we, we had a, we had a big, we had a big issue. And there was, um, I, there's another scene that I don't want to spoil that, that yeah. um, it was, I think there was nine correspondence back and forth about them wanting to basically remove the scene. And we eventually did it and showed it to them. And we're like, if we remove one other thing, the scene is yeah. gone. And so we were able to go back, but like, I think that the MPAA wants to be able to say, we, we, we really, really cut out a lot. I think they want the ability to say that they 
tamed the movie down. It was, it was, it was, it was harsh. Wait, are you kidding? I, I don't understand what it could have possibly been if this is tame. I'm, be, I'm being totally honest. And I, I like, I'm a horror movie buff. I will say, I think, um, I think some of the sickest horror movies are the Rob Zombie ones, uh, oh, yeah. the House of a Thousand yeah. Corpses. Those also stick with me where I can't seem to get them out of my head. So but... oh, a funny story, when I was making Saw 3, I could not get the R rating. And I, I, I think again, we maybe 10 times back with the MPA. And eventually I called Rob Zombie. And oh. I was like, as he had just come out with, with Devil's Rejects and Devil's Rejects was so much more violent than Saw 3. And I said, how the fuck did you get the R? And Rob walked me through it. And the, the scene in question was, and he was very smart. The scene in question was, uh, there was a girl. And now you know what, it's, it's completely crazy. Hold on a second, I'm trying to remember. Was it Saw 4? I get them all mixed up now. It's been, it's crazy. No, it was Saw 3. There okay. was a scene, there was a scene of a girl um, freezing. She was getting water shot at her and she was naked and she was freezing and they wanted to cut out the nudity. And my thing was, is that if you cut out the nudity and you're cutting around it, it becomes infinitely more sexual than if it is the way it is right now, which is nothing sexual about it. It's completely, right. it's just disturbing. And by, by trying to do their notes, it would have given the reverse thing. So Rob like walked me through, here's how you have to do it. Here's how you have to say it. And I went and said it and we got it through. So Rob was actually instrumental in us getting the oh, That's so funny. Now you, you're, you keep saying that the NPA, I, forgive me. What, or what are you saying? NPA is Motion Picture Association of America. NPA. Okay. NPA. Yeah. So they, they rate the films and give it the R, the PG 13. Uh, but it's something that you have okay. to go through because as a filmmaker, if you get an NC 17, it can't have ads on TV. You can't do ads. You can't do radio ads. And um, oh. most of the major chains won't carry the movies. AMC will not carry an NC 17 movie. So, oh, see, for me, I, that's so interesting that you say this because these are things that I don't know that people listening probably don't know because to me, I'm like, oh, if it's NC-17, I feel like I'm going to go see it more. I feel like it's like gonna I, be so nasty that, right? Well, it is. It becomes a, it becomes a fringe thing at that, meaning that uh, yeah. you know, while people like us that love horror will seek it out, people in the Midwest, like my parents, are not going to go see an NC-17. But if they open the paper up and see, oh, it's Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson, I'll go see that. But yeah. you can't promote an NC-17 movie. Like you can't get it in papers. You can't. So it would right. kill the ability to market the movie. That's so interesting. These are things that people like me don't think of. People like the listeners probably don't think of. Um, but are you, so are you expecting, I mean, are, so, and again, forgive me just because I don't know enough about this industry, but I assume that you guys decided to hold off on the release in hopes to, to bring in a larger profit with movie theaters opening. Now, are, do you guys expect to bring in a lot more money with theaters opening, or do you think you're going to bring in more money through the streaming services? I don't know. Um, it's a good question and it changes every single day. Um, yeah. What, what city are you in? I'm in Manhattan. And I will okay. tell you, Darren, I've been to the movies three times. I'm thrilled. I love the movies. I feel completely safe. So I, I'm i like a really good audience member for you where I would see this in theaters because this is the type of movie you got to have surround sound. You got to be scared, right? Like, no, I agree. Yeah, so, so I went to the movies for the first time last week. I went and saw Nobody. Um, okay. which if you're not I want to see that. that. It's great. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, in LA, we were hit with the big thing that they closed down two major chains and LA and New York is where we're counting on people to go. LA and New York are two major markets. Mm. Well, two huge chains just closed down 300 screens in California. 
So, but if you look at Godzilla vs. Kong, it made $48 million on the opening weekend in theaters while it was still streaming online. That shows us that there is a, that there is a, uh, an appetite to go back to the cinemas. And so I am optimistic yes. that, that people will go to the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if they don't in, you know, in a few weeks or a month or whatever, it'll be on a streaming platform that they can see it. But this is a movie that you want to see in theaters. You want to see it right. with, you know, like-minded horror fans screaming at the screen. Um, yes. You want to see it big. And the thing which is also exciting is we just found out we are going to be in a lot of IMAX screens. So see the kills huge. Oh, and that's, that's, that's exciting. oh my gosh. I'm going to have to see it again in theaters. Yeah. But it's it's great that you bring up the Godzilla versus Kong because that is like Spiral where you, you have to see it in theaters. I mean, like, right, like I'm not going to go seek out Nomadland so I can see it yeah. in the theater and just fall asleep exactly. there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, um, had to say it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to do that. These are the movies that I'm like, okay, I need to see these, you know, in the well, theater. So I think we're also at a place now with, with COVID that a lot of people have got vaccinations. Um, yeah. There is, you know, the protocols are in place. I think people have understand how to navigate situation better than we did a year ago. Yeah. So I think it's time that if you can do it safely, it's time to get back out and go to the theaters again. Be safe. Don't be stupid. But, um, you know, it's 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 exciting. But, you know, I think it changes every single day as there's spikes and the things like that. No, I I agree with you. And it's like, be safe. Don't be stupid. I I was stupid in the sense that I brought one of my kids to the theaters who's clearly not ready to go. And he was all over the floor eating popcorn, literally rolling on the floor. But guess what? This was two months ago. Didn't get COVID. So knock on wood. Literally, I said, I go, you know what? If you didn't get it, it doesn't exist. Just kidding. Yeah. I could be in trouble uh, for saying that. But yeah, I was like, this kid is literally licking the floor of a movie theater. But that also shows, and I'll say, like they were they were vigilant about cleaning the seats and they were they were just so wonderful about it. But um, what has been your silver lining of this pandemic? And I've I've asked that before because I think a lot of us we deserve a silver lining after this shitty, shitty year, and everyone's gone through different things. So what's been yours? Um Figuring out how to create art, even when you're stuck at home. And uh, I do something that I'm really excited about. So you're in Manhattan. Have you done Sleep No More? Oh, you, Sleep No More. Okay. Many times. So so I do immersive theaters. And that's what I was going to go to Broadway. It was an immersive show. Um, so I was able to create two separate online immersive experiences that were large scale, they were huge. Like one of them was called One Day Die, which was a magic immersive experience that you basically bought a ticket and we sent you a box in the mail. Um, and then you got a showtime and when you showed up to the showtime, it was hard R, uh, there was sex, there was violence, there was, um, it was intense. And it was like a two hour murder mystery that you could navigate on your computer, which room you go into. So like Sleep No More, you could, you could pick a character and follow that character from room to room and they communicate with you one-on-one. So you were able to communicate with the actor and then you had to use the box to navigate the two hour experience. Um, And so that was really cool because it forced me to be creative and think outside of what I would traditionally do. So creating these kind of unique immersive experiences stuck at home for the pandemic crowd. And also getting closer to my kids, you know, normally um, they would be at school uh, and they're not. So, you know, <laughs> getting that bonding experience with, uh, my How kids, old are they? uh, well, Henry, my son is six and my daughter is just about to turn three. Oh so, yeah. Yes. Your, your kids are sort of like mine. That's nice that you say that. Cause I'm like the first month I was like, this is okay. I'm enjoying this a little bit. And yeah. then I was like, I'm all set. I mean, you know what it is? It's like, 
my kids are two and four, it's like they have to be entertained at all times. It's like you can't ever leave, right? You can't leave them. My kids just started getting up on their own and like kind of playing together in the morning, which has been nice that they don't immediately come in my room and ask me, you know, what's your breakfast? Can you get me this? Can you get me that? But at at our kids' age, it's kind of like, that's what yeah. they do. So the pandemic has been a lot, I think for, for well, me anyway, like, well, for no, for all parents, I think, yes. you know, it's, it's been insane because not only are you, you trying to me have a career and continue working, you're yeah. also yeah. doing school with them. You are doing all of this. It has been, it has been insane. And also my daughter who it was two when the pandemic started is now three. It's hard because most kids socialize at that age. They, they go to I music know. class, they go whatever. And she is stuck at home by herself with her brother so, you know, constantly trying to find, like I bought so much useless crap from bounce houses <laughs> to, to playgrounds to and shit they'll never play with. Uh, and I've watched so much Coco Melon and Little Angel and Peppa Pig that I want to die. I on iPads now. I'm ashamed. I actually had to say, oh, daddy took them to work because my kids were getting so addicted that I was like, this is not okay. But, but it, helped, it helped me get through what I needed to get through. And, and I don't know if you have dealt with this too but do you like feel guilty about being because your kids are home so much that you're they can see you on your phone all the time I've always oh my god like you feel so bad about it but it's like dude you're home I have to do this I always was like oh no I'm gonna be that mom I'm never gonna be on my phone all the time with my kid I'm never gonna well literally my kids slap my phone out of my hands all the time so oh my god so it's so insane you said that my son has got a thing now get off Instagram get off Reddit and like, he will say, like, he'll literally yell yeah. at me and he'll yell at me. He's like, can you just, cause he'll, he'll play Minecraft. I have a, you can't see it. I have a big screen, like a movie theater screen, like right there. Oh yeah. That's cool. It's like yeah. It's like a hundred inch yeah. screen and he'll sit in my office and play Minecraft. Well, I don't want to play Minecraft. So I'm on my phone and he will look back at me and say, watch me, stop playing Instagram. Watch your kid. He'll literally say, watch your kid. So I'm because I think all kids are the same where it's like sorry do you think mommy and daddy want to watch you play a stupid game she's she's like mom come look at what I'm doing she'll be outside like digging a hole and I'm like wow cool hole and then I'll go back to my phone I'm like you know I I don't know what to tell you but it's like all she needs is that one little great job and then yeah I'll go back but yeah your kid that's tough he's like get off Instagram see she's she's just about to turn five so she's not there yet um but no that's that's great. So they, are you, how old are your kids going to have to be before they can see Saw? Saw 2. Um, you know, Henry's watching stuff a lot, probably a lot more things than he should watch. Like I've tried to do gateway horror for him, meaning that okay. I showed him Gremlins. I've shown him Goonies. Like he's watched those kind of like 80s, whatever. Um, he'll got to be 10 or 11, probably 11-ish to watch it. However, Ooh. he has convinced me to make a kids movie. So I am going to make Aww. like a Goonies ask. It'll be PG 13. It's not going to be like yes. a G rated, but it'll be like a, a fun mystery kids film that they can actually watch. Cause he's like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Uh, I, I let my daughter, we went to see Goosebumps in theaters, both of them. And thank God she actually fell asleep at the end. Goosebumps too, that was really scary. But I'm the same as you where I like, I make them watch all the eighties, like little monsters. Did you let them watch that? They love little monsters under the bed. Yeah. And um, Princess Bride, they actually really liked randomly. But again, my mom's like, are you sure? It seems like maybe they shouldn't be watched. And I'm like, you know what? They don't really sleep well anyway. So it's not like it's going to make a difference to me. They're not going to get nightmares because they already do. So. (laughs) <laughs> my office uh my office has all sorts of monsters and things in it and they yeah. uh i've now as i've gotten if they've gotten older i've had to start hiding stuff so like i have hold on i'll show you something yeah that's so funny 
Oh, look at the puppies. Oh yeah, there's two of them. They're so cute. <laughs> so it's Jigsaw. <laughs> and then it's it's so these guys are just like hanging around. Like I've got all of these monsters everywhere. Oh in my, my gosh, people listening. He's showing me Jigsaw and the ugly pig. I think the pig is so much scarier than Jigsaw. Don't you? I do. Um, I know, really I, do. I think the pig is so much scarier. That was one of my uh, biggest battles in the movie uh, early on in prep was there was not a puppet originally written in. And I was like, no, I want, I want this. I want this pig. And yeah. I took it on myself to go have it designed. And then I presented it to them when it was designed. I was like, look, this is awesome. His name is Mr. Cuddles and this is what I want. And uh, they, they said, okay, let's do it. So yeah, I was really proud about the pig. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I, my premise of this podcast was originally red carpets, getting all the interviews and the energy from the red carpets and bringing them to a podcast. I really enjoy what I'm doing now with, you know, sitting down one-on-one, but I really hope to meet you on a red carpet one day. Cause I think it would be so fabulous. And so, you know, yes. it would just, I think our energy would be off the charts in the best way possible. So hopefully that'll happen. Yes. I would love that. Hopefully yeah, COVID um, and we can do that. What's that? I said, hopefully COVID ends and we can do that. Yeah. That or that. everyone just gets over it because they're vaccinated. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'm, so I'm fully vaxxed. I don't, if I get a cold, I'm not getting a test. I'm, I feel yeah. like I'm just going to be like, Oh, I have a cold. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, I probably shouldn't say that out loud. Um, just kidding. I, I'm going to get tested. No, no, I, I just flew for the first time yesterday, two days ago. Uh, I'm fully vaxxed as well, but it was, but yeah. it still was a weird thing on the flight. Like, I don't know. I, I still had this anxiety, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, like every yeah. time someone coughed on the plane, you would see everyone's eyes look at the person. Like it was this thing that, Stop. yeah, and it was, it was, it, was actually, it was actually hilarious. There was a man that was like three rows behind me that was coughing and sneezing. And like, you would just see people like, like turning, turning over and they would whisper to one another. Like, so there was this, there was a, like what's happened in our world that this is, this is the thing. And that's, that's kind of what I said about Broadway where it's like, I can't wait to go back, but God forbid I'm the one person that coughs in the audience. I mean, I can imagine the actors breaking the third and being like, like, you know what I mean? And it's funny. I had this conversation with um, an actor yesterday, Frankie Grande, who's on Broadway. And I'm sitting here like saying, you know, aren't you upset that like, you know, sports got to, you know, have their games and have an audience and you guys haven't gotten anything yet. And he was so thoughtful to me. And he said, Lauren, look, I you know, actors, we kiss each other. We have no space. We all are on top of each other in dressing rooms and on stage. He's like, we didn't feel safe. He's like, the one thing that I'll say is that they should have prioritized actors to be vaccinated over sports players, maybe so, or, or at the same time. So he really opened my eyes to this and, and me thinking I was this big advocate for Broadway and the arts and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, slow down, honey. Like we also didn't feel safe. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. movie making has become a lot more difficult. Um, what, what the protocols that has to be put in place now, mm. um, like you have to be part of what I love about, about making movies is the camaraderie. It's a family. You're all sitting around video village, yes. you're talking, you're telling jokes. Now there's no intermingling. You, you have to be in your own pod and you, so for example, the makeup people have to be over here and they can't come to the monitors. The hair people have to be over here. Uh, and they've stopped the ability for that interaction right now. Right. And to me, it becomes a lot, I, what I love what I do because it's fun. I'm not curing cancer. I'm telling stories. It's yeah. fun. And part of the fun is the people I get to hang out with. Now it's become a different world on the movie. You don't, you don't hang out. You basically I don't like that. You no. Know, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this vaccination thing changes that we can get back to making movies and having fun. Yeah. Or, or you could just, 
I know I've, I've heard a bunch of different actors I've spoken to. They've quarantined. The whole cast is quarantined for two weeks. They all kind of went off the deep end, went crazy, but then they got to have one big party and not worry about COVID, yeah. which is nice, but I agree. I think we need to like take a step back and get, you know, get things back to the way they used to be. So we can't live our lives. You know, I think yeah. that it's not, sorry. I, I'm like, Jason, please, please. You're interrupting. <laughs> sorry. Uh, he's a, uh, he's actually he remote controlled. So this is the actual guy from saw two. For those that can't see it, I'm, I'm holding jigsaw, but he, he actually has a remote control um, that his eyes and his mouth. My kid was in my office and I don't know how it happened a radio frequency or something. Yeah. But his yeah. mouth started opening and closing and my kid lost his shit. Like just, yeah, but he's a, this is the actual guy. I from would Salt. too. Yeah, I would. It, it, it's scary. That's the actual one. Wait, can I see it's the actual one from Saw? This is the actual one from Saw 3. So this Saw is Saw 3. This is okay. Saw 3. Yeah. This is, oh, this is Saw 3. Oh my guy. gosh. Wow. He's, he's hot. What can I say? Yeah, Jigsaw I is sexy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm going to have nightmares forever. Um, well, Darren, this is yep. so nice. I'm really, I, I'm having such a fun time with you. This is really, I, I didn't expect you to be like this. I, it's funny when I interview directors, they are not usually as talkative. They're, they usually are um, extremely introverted. So this has been so refreshing well, I, and nice and easy. You know, this is easy. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you for watching the movie. You're like the second, you know, you're the first person I've talked to that's actually seen the movie. So, oh, really? Is, oh, you're, dude, you're I could not one. wait. They sent it, Lionsgate sent it literally last night at like 9 30. And I was like, <gasps> so I jumped in bed and I was like, I was rubbing my pants together. I couldn't wait. And then yeah. I um, dry heaved for a while. But um, that is uh, only yeah. in horror is that a compliment. I yeah. watched your movie and I dry heaved. That is, uh, I watched your movie and I gagged incessantly. Um, yeah, it's a good thing. But no, thank you, Darren. This will be out next. Okay, so that was Darren, director of Spiral, that will be released in theaters on May 14th. And guys, go see the movie in theaters. I know I said it already, but I'll say it again. See it in theaters. You need that surround sound. You need that that huge, huge screen to really see, like, the nastiness. Um, but anyway, it, it's he killed me. When he was actually showing me Jigsaw, I was, I was just absolutely freaking out. Like, he just has it hanging out in his 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 house and he has like little kids and oh my gosh so funny but anyway if you like this podcast don't forget to rate and subscribe on apple or wherever you get your podcasts until next time thanks for listening